Uh, for those of you who do not know me, if you're watching online or visiting us for the first time, my name is Efren Peña. I'm the campus pastor here, and again, I truly hope that you enjoy your time with us. We are uh, in a season that we like to call Christmas at South Hills, right? Christmas is a season of joy, of generosity, and traditions, but like in our favorite holiday movies, Christmas is is not without its threats. This month we have been talking uh, or we've been taking a look at the villains, right? the villains of the original Christmas story and how they might still be working to keep us from experiencing the wonder of the Christmas story or Christmas today. In week one, we kind of shared about the villain that we all know, right, King Herod, uh, and, and we shared about him. And last week, uh, Christopher, uh, our guest speaker, gave you a villain that you probably never really kind of paid any much, uh, much mind to. We talked about uh, the villain number two was the innkeeper, right, the innkeeper, incredible message. Uh, you can find the first, first and the second one online uh, or on Spotify or podcasts up there. And today we're going to jump into a different villain, but let me start off by asking you this question. How many of you remember your favorite Christmas gift ever? Just by a show of hand. Your favorite Christmas gift ever, right? Yeah, some of you do. Some of you be like, I don't remember that far back. Uh, but for me... It was a handheld, two-screen, flip Donkey Kong video game. That was the most incredible gift ever, right? My uncle, who I thought was rich, and he just he, uh, he wasn't, right? It's just that, that we couldn't afford it. But he gave us, he gave me this incredible gift, and I, I was, I, it was, it was, it was the end. I didn't care about any other gift. Right? It was the coolest thing ever, right? I was nine years old, nine years old when he gave me that. And, and I was, like I said, I was in heaven. I didn't know how much it cost, and I didn't even care. But what I did know, at that moment, it was more than what my mom could afford, right? Uh, and I never, I've, I've never felt more surprised, more shocked, or even known than in that moment, Right, my uncle gave me this gift and it was the coolest thing because at that moment up until then, we just had the little small one, single phase. But the one, now you open it up, it's like, oh my goodness, two screens, two levels, Donkey Kong goes up to the second level. You can't get better than that. Right, I was thrilled by it. Still brings a smile to my face if you can see, right? Now, I also remember times that I've given meaningful gifts as well. The times when my kids' eyes light up with the spark that I remember from when I was nine years old and received that gift. I bet that many of you, many of you have a gift that you are excited to give to someone this year. That you have saved up for, that you have shopped online, offline, through the alleys, right, in the malls, you've pushed, you've shoved, you've conned somebody. You laugh because you know it's true. 
something you just know that it's going to be the perfect gift, the ultimate surprise or deeply meaningful. Friends, our third villain of Christmas is the gifts of the Magi. Not necessarily the Magi itself, right? But the gifts, right? The gifts. The Magi or the wise men are are icons of the Christmas story. This group of men were some sort of royalty, philosophers, or astronomers, most likely from Persia. They knew the prophecies. They knew the prophecies about a coming Messiah, and they came to worship this newborn king. And we're going to read a little, about, a little bit about what that story tells us in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem, uh, all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the, all, of the, all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Verse 6, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find them, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Liar. Verse 9, Just track, see if you're tracking along with me, right? After they had heard the king, they went, to the, they went on their way in the star. They had seen when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So when they saw the child, they bowed down, they worshipped him, and they gave him gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now these weren't just any old gifts. They weren't just random gifts. These gifts were specifically picked out, right? They were deeply symbolic and meaningful, which is what we all hope our gifts are to the people that we're giving. Last December, we, we kind of spoke at Christmas at Southfields last year. We kind of broke down each gift and what was the significance of each one was, right? So each of the gifts were tied to who Jesus was, the journey that he would take, and the meaning of his life. According to many, those gifts sparked the tradition of giving gifts during the Christmas season. Every culture has a different 
um, gift bringer or gift giver, if you would, that they referenced during the holiday season. And so while the Magi brought extravagant and meaningful gifts for Jesus, we, on our end, seem to be doing our best to kind of one-up them, if you would. Here are some of the numbers for you to think about when it comes to gift-giving this Christmas season. California residents are projected to spend about $1,700, over $1,700 per capita this year on gift-giving. One-third of Americans took on an average of $1,550 of holiday debt last year. 25% of Americans are still paying off the debt from 2022. In 2022, Americans spent $586 billion, with a B, $586 billion on gifts and spent another $247 billion, with a B, on decorations, cards, and food. And in the last three years, do you know what over 50% of people hope to receive for Christmas? Hope to receive for Christmas? Gift cards. Gift cards. Now, (laughs) while there is nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong with gift giving, Gift buying has become an increasingly large focus for us in our society today. How do we move from deeply, from, from giving deeply meaningful and symbolic gifts to gift cards? To gift cards. I'll tell you how. One word. Consumerism. Consumerism. What is that? Consumerism is a preoccupation with consuming more and more goods, merchandise, and services. Consumerism's focus is on having the latest, buying the best, and getting the most. It does away with last year's model in favor for the newest, fanciest, and shiniest. Consumerism whispers this delightful lie that these various things will bring you satisfaction, will bring you wholeness, and will even bring you identity. But friends, the reality is is that consumerism is the default attitude of most. While buying and selling have no moral or uh, spiritual implications in themselves, the attitudes, the attitudes behind those activities can. Motives such as greed and envy and selfishness make buying and selling a 
consumeric venture. See, we don't we don't find that consumerism in the we don't find the word the word consumerism or the term consumerism in the Bible, but it definitely speaks to this attitude. It says in Luke chapter 12, 15, Jesus warned, beware. Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life, life is not measured by how much you own. Life is not measured by how much you own. Just in case, to be clear, how much you own is what consumerism is all about. But those who pursue that path are missing the point of life. Missing the point of life. You see, we're sold this idea that the stuff that we consume will make us feel a certain way. Food, electronics, and clothes, and cars, and remodels, and jewelry, and so much more. Each of these things promises us happiness. And as we consume them, it begins to shape us. It begins to mold us. One writer said, like salt water, as we indulge in consumerism, we only grow thirstier. And like a drug, each hit of consumerism has a diminishing impact. Christmas 2023 has to, it just has to be bigger and better than Christmas 2022, and Christmas 2022 should absolutely have been better than Christmas 2021. You see the pattern here? Friends, we have to watch out for the villain of consumerism because if you focus on the things, you'll miss out on the people. And aren't the people the important things? Aren't people everything? Listen, we become so preoccupied and focused on the things that we need to buy for others that we start to miss out on the actual time spent with others. We're obsessed with checking off items on a list that we aren't even sure have any kind of meaningful or significant value to those that are receiving it. If you are a dad like me, I, I get text, an email, or emailed a list of the Christmas list from the girls, from the oldest to the youngest. Some of them have to be broken up in several text messages. That's how long they are. And I look at it and be like, really? I don't even know what half of these things are. I pass it on to my wife. <laughs> And then, according to statistics, we'll have to work extra hard and extra long to pay off the debt occurred by purchasing the gifts. Unfortunately, church Christmas for many just means consumerism, debt, and wish lists rather than a celebration of God come near, God with us. Now listen, 
I'm not suggesting that you don't go buy your kids, your family, your friends gifts. Leaving here calling me Pastor Scrooge and whatnot. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. That ain't me. If you know my love language, it's gift giving. Right? But what I am saying today is that you should slow down a bit. Slow down a bit long enough to know and understand and grasp, right, and keep the main thing the main thing. To not get caught up in the flood of this wave of consumerism that that has kind of captured and taken over this Christmas and every Christmas before it. Spending less, friends, doesn't mean spending nothing. I want you to hear me out. Spending less doesn't mean spending nothing. In fact, the Apostle Paul talks about the importance of giving in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Right? And I'm going to paraphrase, right? He says, God gives abundantly to us so that we can always have what we need. And since we have what we need, we can be generous towards others. But he says that generosity should result in giving thanks to God. Generosity should result in giving thanks to God. Wow, God, I have enough to bless somebody with it. Not so that I can get the glory like, like, like I gave to my uncle as the best Christmas gift giver ever. To understand As I said before, every good and perfect gift comes from his hand. And therefore, we must give God the glory and the honor and the thanks for it. Now, I can't can't remember giving a gift to anyone and having them burst out into a worship song. As as much as I think that I'm, I'm a really good gift giver, as much as I try to keep things under the, under the like, secret, like, I make, you, I make you think. I go out of my way to make you think you're going to get that and then kind of give you something different. As much as I think, man, this is the best gift ever. Nobody in my family has gotten, oh, nobody's ever worshipped, right? Maybe, maybe this year, Maybe. But I doubt that. But I have given gifts that have caused people to feel seen, to feel known, to feel loved, valued, and important. And it's not by the price or the cost of that gift, but about the intentionality. And what that gift means. The gifts we give should impact people's hearts. They should result in a moment of beauty and excitement that they're known for. I'm not trying to put more, <laughs> I'm not trying to put more pressure on you to find that life-changing gift, right? But maybe, just maybe we can be a bit more intentional with our gift giving than just a gift card. Maybe 
we can be a little bit more intentional of taking the gift that someone gave you and passing it forward. Just saying. A little more intentional. So friends, think about each person on your, <laughs> think about each person who made your Christmas list. Because some of you are like, mm, they ain't coming. Mm -mm, not for, they, they didn't even give me nothing last year. You are off the list. I just call it how it is, right? Think about the people on your Christmas list, about your relationship with them and what significance they bring to your life. What value do they bring to your life? What do they add to you? And then take time. Take time to write five specific detailed things that you love and appreciate about the people closest to you that are on that list and share them in person or on a card. Honestly, think about the impact that would have. Because here's the thing. They probably got a whole year and you haven't said, man, remember that time when you did this for me and that meant so much to me. That impacted me. It impacted my family. That helped me out. Man, you are a true blessing to me. Really, you are. Could you imagine the impact that would have than saying, here's a gift card? Those of you who are sitting there, I want a gift card. I don't know it works. True, the, the fact of the matter is I want something that's meaningful. I'm not asking someone to praise me. I'm just, I would like to hear how I've impacted your life. Because if I'm not here tomorrow, would, would that be a difference for you? Would that make a difference? You see, it has value when we appreciate, when we love, when we make other people feel seen and heard and valued and are important. Don't give me a reindeer. I know it's Christmas. Think about how each person on that list has brought worth and value to your life. If you want to take it a step further, before you start buying things for others, ask yourself some questions. Questions like, what kind of company am I supporting uh, if I purchase this product? That's a good question to ask. Can I afford to spend this amount? How many presents do we actually need to buy? What did we do with all of the presents from last Christmas? What did I learn from my spending habits last year? There's lessons to be learned. So friends, instead of mindlessly adding things to our shopping carts because it's on sale, because I got that email that said, buy one, get one free. Because it's a doorbuster. You know what a doorbuster is? It's for you to get into the store so you can buy more stuff. It's marketing 101. Right? Let's do things differently. Let's choose to be intentional. Let's choose to be relational. Let's choose quality gifts for the people that we love and that we care about.
Amen? Let me wrap this up, church, because some of you are about to throw stones at me this morning. Because I just twisted your Christmas up. Friends, giving gifts, giving gifts is a wonderful reflection of not only the gifts of the Magi, but also the greatest gift and gift giver. The gift giver being God, the gift being Jesus. That's what Christmas should be at the very, very forefront. When it says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave us his son. The gift from the gift giver. The greatest gift from the greatest gift giver. I'm not going to stand here and lie and say that it's not. It's, it's, it's easy to get caught up in all of it. It's easy to get caught up in buying gifts for your little ones. It's easy to get caught up in buying gifts for the people that you love and care about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying don't buy. I'm just saying keep the main thing the main thing. Instead of altering your life for 2024 by the decisions you've made in one month in 2023, think. Ask yourself some questions. Are you giving something that is worth? Will that gift bring meaning and value to that person? What if, what if this Christmas we consider how our gift giving is shaped by that first gift that we got? That first gift of Jesus. Not our impulse to, to, to feed our appetite for consumption or keep up with the cultural expectations or to make the bottom of your tree bigger than the tree itself unless you have a little tiny tree but instead to fight against the villain of consumerism and reclaim the true heart of gifts of the magi so I jotted some things to help you out some relational gift ideas one could be spend time together, host a dinner party, have everyone bring a prayer request to share with the group, spend time encouraging and praying for the people God has put in your life. Create together, do a puzzle, paint a picture, bake cookies, build a fort. That's where you laugh as a kid. Building forts is what we did as a kid. You remember that? Maybe write a song, make jewelry, garden, take pictures. But be present. Be present. 
Make it a habit to have one technology-free night. Turn off the distractions and spend quality time together. Maybe another thing that you can do is purchase with a purpose. Shop local, right? Buy from local boutiques and artisans. Get to know the local business owners in your community. Find companies that give back. Pura Vida, right? Out of print, God's bread, conscious step, feed, two blind brothers. The list goes on. So many companies out there that give back. Another thing you can do is serve someone. Partner with a Christian nonprofit organization and change a life. Children's Hunger Fund, World Vision, Living Water International, Convoy of Hope. Make a Helping Hands coupon book. I love these. Give your family vouchers to babysit. Help with the yard work. Do the dishes. Fold laundry. Clean the kitchen. Walk the dog. All of which I try to cash in and nobody wanted to pay back. Maybe host a serving day. Have friends and family get together and work on a project and volunteer at your local organization. Pay for a date night or babysit for a couple with young kids. That's something cool. Nothing you could do is celebrate memories. Skip the traditional Christmas presents and instead plan a family vacation. Right, Bob? Try something new. Cooking classes, music lessons, rock climbing, painting, something new. Make a list of local restaurants, parks, and activities that you want to explore. Grab a friend and see how many you can experience together in the next year. thought of this would be cool. Over the next year, write 52 notes and share them with someone special next Christmas. Every week, write something special about that person. Tie in a bowl and give it to that person next year. Put together a family night basket. Wrap, wrap, wrap up some popcorn and candy and whatever else you can fit in there and bless someone with it. Make it personal. Pray for everyone on your Christmas list before purchasing anything. Remember what a gift that they are. Find presents that celebrate the hobbies and passions of someone else. Remember, it's not about the number of gifts that you give. It's about celebrating your relationship and giving thanks to God for that person. Lastly, share your talents. Celebrate the talents that God has given you and share those with others. If cooking is your thing, then throw a dinner party. If you love taking pictures, then have a photo session. Knit a quilt. Play music. Write children's stories. Plan an adventure. Organizing clean. Sculpture. Paint. Something. Use your gifts and your talents to bless someone. I say all that, or I share all that. There are different ways that you can be a blessing to someone. Different ways that you can show someone that they are seen, valued, loved, and important. Do not get caught up in the wave of getting the latest and the greatest. It might be cool, 
I'm not saying they won't. But that too will fade away. That too will be outdated in three, six months. But what won't be faded away is the tangible memories, the meaningful things that you gift this year to the people that you love and care about. Amen? Gifts that we give to others.